0: Okay. Welcome, everybody. Time up the video and the audio together. That's
1: oh. how it kind of rolls.
0: It's definitely weird how you can hear yourself. Definitely weird. Yeah, we need a little more length on this uh, headset here.
1: Uh, can you pull on it a little bit? Well, easy now. It's zip-tied underneath. It's all harnessed together.
2: I can, I can lean forward here with this. What if I do something like that? Does this work? Is this you just okay? need the
1: microphone closer to you. Closer to me? Yeah. About there? Yeah, like, a, like one fist length away. Alex watches Rogan, he knows.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know, can you hear me fine? Yeah, I can hear you good, bud. Okay, cool,
1: cool. How about you, Matt? I can hear everybody fine. You can hear everybody fine? Yeah, can y'all hear me fine? Yeah, pretty good, man. Yeah. Pretty good. And all by the way, it doesn't hurt to get closer to this thing. Just so you know. Like, yeah, don't be too too afraid. But uh, good to see you boys. A little bit after hours action here, huh? Yeah, a yeah. little
0: bit. A little bit.
1: Yeah, we all heard about, you know, Tanner's New Year's resolution.
0: <laughs> yeah. Dude, it is hard. It is hard. I tried. Week and a half. It was probably the hardest week and a half I've ever had in my life. Right. I've just had a... It's definitely had a choke on me for the last seven years.
1: Vaping is different, man.
0: It is. And it's something about nicotine. Nicotine just gets you up and going, and it feels good. Yeah. It feels good. Like this uh, last week, whenever I quit um, for a week and a half, the first hit that I had off my vape... mm mm-hmm. It was probably the best buzz i ever had in my life. Best buzz I've ever had in my life. <laughs> <laughs> that in my life. And that's kind of why I, I, you I, I fell and I bought another one. That's what sucks. But yeah, it sucks. I, 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 at work, I just had a bunch of uh, a 32 pack of gum that mm-hmm. I went through in two days and then I had to go buy. I, in total, I went through four packs of those.
2: Dude, in that's a week a lot. and a half. Week and a half. <laughs> at that point, smoking's is cheaper.
1: Yeah,
0: I agree. <laughs> it almost is.
1: <laughs> Even if you start to kind of prorate out the oh medical man. bills that you're going to get at the end, that still <laughs>
0: yeah, still might not, be a, might not be a bad deal. <laughs> that, that's what sucks is that I'm not seeing the effects of it right now.
1: No, it's going to come in time. Exactly. And it's going to come in time. That's yeah. the
0: reason why it's hard for me to quit because I'm not seeing the effects of it right now. Right. Yeah. That's the hardest part is, yeah, you don't see it right at the moment, but you know it's coming and- mm-hmm. You you can kind of shrug it off because it's it seems like it's gonna be in like thirty years or so. That's right. And then it comes quick. Yeah, that's how my grandpa died.
1: Yep. That hey, dude, it does. I started chewing, you know, Copenhagen at 15 years old. Mm -hmm. I turned thirty in April.
0: And taking a break since or anything.
1: Mm -mm. And I was never like I mean I know guys that were like a can a day guys or whatever it is. Like I was probably I don't know half a can to a quarter of a can a day. And I mean that's 15 years of that, and I'm two weeks in now into uh, not not having it. You, you
0: said oh, really?
1: Yeah, Copenhagen. Yeah,
0: yeah. dude. I I try to get myself into that Mm-mm. in high school. I, I made myself super, so sick that I told myself I'm never never to doing that again. again. No, Mm-mm. no.
2: I used to dip in school because you can get away with like the mm-hmm. snus packets. You put a couple right. in your top lip, mm-hmm. and the teacher will never know. Oh yeah, but you—that was how I used to do it.
1: Good God! There's so we're all—so what we just declared is we're all just a bunch of degenerates. How wonderful! Yeah. Awesome. People, awesome. Yeah. All right. So uh, Alex, uh, why don't you introduce yourself real quick, bud? What do you do, man?
0: Uh, my name is Alex Madrano, and I currently work at Frankenstein engine Dynamics, and I am in charge of the shipping and receiving. That's right. At the moment. That's wonderful. Yes. Do it, you like it? It has its moments. It does. It, it's. It's definitely not a hard job, at all.
1: But it can be a little intense in certain moments.
0: Yes, I agree. Especially yes. whenever the UPS driver shows up at four and then I'm getting five orders to be done. They're giving it to me at like 340. And don't forget
1: about the salesman that told you that one thing that had to leave today, no yeah. matter what. Yeah, You gotta keep that in the back of your
0: mind, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's, it has its moments for sure. Uh, I've done it for almost two years now. Right. Almost two years. Is this your first job? Yeah, uh, I went to college. Uh, I actually went for mechanical engineering, mm-hmm. and I actually went to uh, Tarleton State University and to study mechanical engineering so I could work here. Because my senior year, I found out about this place. Me and Jose, we actually had an engineering class together, right? And yeah, we just that's we knew that's where we wanted to work. So that's why I pursued mechanical engineering. Soon realized that it's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly because I mean I, I I'm a I'm a hands-on guy. Right. I like doing the hands-on type mm-hmm. learning, and it was just you go to class one day and they give you a page that has four uh, four questions, but within each of those questions, there's probably 15 other questions within each. Okay. One what I the reason why I decided that it wasn't for me was I had to do four questions but there was about 15 in each and mm-hmm. just about one question within that question took me about like two hours just to finish and we had to turn it in the next day Ooh, and that that like it's i get it it's definitely a lot the engineering part is definitely a lot and god bless who makes it through but
1: it's a tough program pretty mm-hmm. much anywhere you do it at and don't get me wrong the world needs mechanical engineers right right for sure but I'm of the opinion and so are a lot of other people that are really good in this industry that it's not, it's not necessary to have that, that degree mm-hmm. to be successful in this industry. Right Now, can it help you? Sure. But the other thing is it can also pull you back mm-hmm. because it sets up certain habits and certain uh, pre notions about how right. things function and work in the way that you thought it might've been. Mm-hmm. And, it's a little bit different.
0: Yeah. No. And the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back was Jose obviously started working here. And I, I was just about to finish my sophomore year in college. And Jose was like, hey, man, we got a job if you want a job up here. and I was like, this, I, I was studying this whole time just to go work there. Right. And I was like, might as well go work there and work myself up. Sure. And that's, that's what I've been doing since. Yeah. And that's where we're at.
1: Oh, yeah. So what about you, Matt? What do you do here, bud?
0: Uh, I push buttons on the CNC machines, professional Uh, button pusher,
2: professional button pusher. Yeah. I'm the machinist here at Frankenstein, uh, poured heads all day long, Mm -hmm. cut billet all day long. That's, that's the show, man.
1: Yeah. I've been listening to some of your greatest hits here over here on the Takumi. Yep. Roughing out some runners. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's that's my favorite one there. Oh, dude, that thing gets it. (laughs) I mean, for a little three axis, she runs good. So, uh, this isn't your first job matt you've kind of been around
2: I've, I've been around yeah this is i i lose track anymore this is the seventh or the eighth machine shop i've worked in in the last seven years mm-hmm. or so yeah, i jumped around a lot um i started in washington i i got a job offer from a friend um i was working at a shop called turbo technology um i was an installer there at a performance shop uh and then a, a water jet position opened up uh at presco products and i started there uh, and then kind of got into like a tool and die apprenticeship and worked there for a few years and then i wanted to get into cnc so i started jumping around from job to job i would i would go to one job that hired me to just be an operator and they're like okay we're going to train you this and you're going to be this for the rest of your life and i'm like okay well that's not cool now i want to be a setup guy i want to know how the machines work so quit that job go to the next job and then just kind of did that five or six times kind of got my own apprenticeship Mm-hmm. through there, you know, it was nothing official in any one spot, but just jumped around from place to place, got the experience that I wanted and ended up here.
1: And were you in Washington when you got the deal to come here?
2: No. Um so I ended up out here cuz of COVID. Um so the shop I worked for before I left, it was called Metal Motion and they were a, a direct supplier for Boeing and the the way their shop worked was a cash on delivery. And when COVID hit, Boeing shut down for three weeks. So you, oh. you can't deliver, can't get cash. So they first they delayed it for a few weeks. Um, when COVID hit, they were like, okay, everybody, we're going to take a week off to be safe. Like, okay, cool. And then they did it again, extended another week. And then when it came to the end of that week, they were like, okay. They sent out a mass text to everybody. They were like, basically, if you're not on this list, you don't work here anymore. I was like, oh, right on. So damn flew back to Washington Packed up my apartment, got a U-Haul, and then moved out with my parents here in Weatherford. They were living off of 180, like in between Weatherford and Mineral Wells. Mm -hmm. Um, And it wasn't until about a year after. Actually, I got in here because of Gavin. uh, Because Gavin and my dad were friends. Um, I never knew Gavin personally back in Washington, but everybody knew about Simcoe Porting Services. So Gavin came down, had some stuff from another friend of ours in Washington to drop off, um, and wanted us to hold his truck. And then he heard that I was a machinist, asked what i knew about blah 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 and uh yeah so came in for an interview gave me the opportunity and it's been good since it worked out
1: oh yeah how long you been here now
2: year and a half year okay. and a half i think it was it was may of 21 may of
1: 21 okay so we picked you up right in the middle of the pandemic i didn't remember that yep yeah interesting huh how long you been here alex now
0: uh, closing up on two and a half. That's what I thought. Closing up on two and a half. Yeah. Uh, October 19th, I'll hit my third year. October 19th. Awesome. Yep. It's, it's been a ride. It's been a ride. It's different. It definitely is.
1: It, <laughs> it beats the hell out of digging ditches on the side of the road. <laughs> yeah, you ain't yeah, kidding. T- <laughs> yeah,
0: no kidding. You got AC in here. I, I wear my hoodie year round in here. Oh, dude, I do too. <laughs> That's the crazy part. Yeah. People, I go home with my hoodie still on. People are like, Whoa. during the summer? Mm-hmm. I'm like I work inside
1: <laughs> oh yeah it's just like in the winter time like when I go fire up my car you know like to get it warmed up and get heat in it and all that stuff and it gets about June, July or whatever about five minutes before we haul ass out of here I'm gonna fire up the freaking car turn the AC on blast walk out there in my hoodie and sit down in it and then yeah. I get out and go to the, go inside the pilot or whatever yeah. and they're like what
0: the yeah. <laughs> no I can definitely tell you that I, I've become a little lighter working here yeah. my, my skin color <laughs> for sure <laughs> definitely I haven't seen as much sunlight as I used to. Same, brother. Same. <laughs> yeah.
1: Same. I used to be a lot darker than oh, I am now. <laughs>
0: nah, in the summers, they, I, I would get really dark. Mm-hmm. I would get super dark. Now, yeah. it's, now I'm about the same color all year round. <laughs> yeah, I feel you on that, man. Uh, so
1: uh, tell me a little bit, Alex, like where, where are you from? Like, are, are, You're obviously local to the area yeah. when you picked it up here. But, uh, like, like, where are you from, man?
0: Born and raised in Weatherford, Texas. Okay. My, uh, my family came over here. So my brother, he's uh, five years older than me. Okay. And whenever he was one. So uh, let me back up a little bit. Be- right before that, uh, my grandpa and dad, they mm-hmm. both uh, were crossing the border from Mexico to, to here to find work, uh, help support my family back, back home. Right. After the third time, they, uh, when my brother was one, they decided to move out here. With my whole mom's side of the family. Okay. My dad's side of the family is still over there. Um, yeah. So I was born in 1998 mm-hmm. here in Weatherford, Texas, and I've been here since. I have not left. And wow, yeah, I definitely, I'm definitely a local. Definitely a local. No kidding. Yeah, one of the few
1: locals really here.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I know this place completely like the back of my hand. That's the, funny. I know. It I still get of. lost. Yeah. I've been here for five years. I still get lost. <laughs> yep. No, it's, it's definitely, it's an interesting town.
1: It's not even a big town.
0: No, definitely not. Guess, I've seen it grow a lot. I believe that. So when, uh, when I was about six, I do remember that the population here was about 25,000 people. Okay. 25,000 people. What is it now? You might have to look that up. <laughs> but I can probably say it might be around 150,000. That would be my best guess. No, nah, I want to say I'd say close to a hundred thousand.
1: I'm gonna look it up right now.
0: That would be my best bet, but I, I, yeah, I guess I'm one of the few that has actually seen this town grow completely. Because over there uh, on on twenty right there, where all that uh, Target, um, all that whole side right there, right, and the side of like where uh, C's Belk and all that, I remember all that being just trees, just trees. There was absolutely nothing there. Hmm. And the only road was the main road, main road, Uh, main street, main street. Yeah. That was the only road. That's hilarious. Which is crazy. Yeah. I've definitely seen crazy developments happen. It's been interesting for sure.
1: It says here in 2020 that it was 30,854 According to Wikipedia, okay, I was way off. <laughs> but, but you're not. I don't think you're that wrong because, like Weatherford, the town kind of ends okay, on the yeah. south side okay, of like, sense. like pretty much here, right? Like at Ranger Highway, up against 20. It goes a little bit across that from what I'm looking at on this map, but it's
0: that would make a lot more sense because there's so many
1: people surrounding yeah. Weatherford, the town and yeah. Like and uh, it's still Brock, labeled Millsap. Weatherford, Millsap. right? Yeah, Brock yeah. Millsap, even Pister, yeah. Like I mean, I mean all this stuff's blown
0: up it's, out here. It's, it's pretty much considered Weatherford, for sure. Because, yeah, right. uh, I mean, I have I had some friends from all those t- exactly. uh, small towns. Exactly. Those are super small towns. Yeah. Millsap, crazy Millsap, small. small little town. Crazy small. I mm-hmm. had a friend that graduated there with, like, 60 people in his class. Oh, wow. <laughs> super small. That's why they, I mean, they all had to come to Weatherford to do something or grab groceries or anything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I didn't know that. So, like, your family, like, left everything behind in Mexico to... Yeah. Come up here. Wow.
0: Yeah, my dad and my grandpa, they were—they would both uh, cross the border, obviously, swimming, right. swimming, and then hopping on a train. Interesting. And I guess where they ended up was Weatherford. Wow. And they, they liked it, so they thought it was a little safe spot and everything. So, yeah, they decided to just move everyone over here, and we've been here since then.
1: It's freaking wild.
0: It's a crazy story, man. It's a crazy story. I wish I could tell you the, all the whole details, but... My dad gets a little he de- he just definitely still gets a little emotional about it I for bet. sure. It's, it is a hell it's a story that i can't I can't describe i i, I want to hear
1: it from him one day to be honest <laughs> i'll with definitely
0: you. get I'll definitely get him to talk about it and I'll lay on no because I mean it's not a lot of people that would have the courage to do that honestly
1: well right I mean I grew up in like homestead mm-hmm. so I grew up with a lot of people that came from Cuba uh, yeah that they're too. they're fleeing communism right and yeah. like you think how hard. It is to, like, I know, and Matt knows how hard it is to pack all your stuff up, Mm -hmm. put it in a U-Haul or your pickup truck, depending on how much stuff you got, and truck it halfway across the country. Because now you're going to your new home. Right. Right. Now, imagine, now take all that, strip all your Mm -hmm. earthly possessions away outside of a case of water and you're in a raft with a small-block Chevy hooked up to a prop <laughs> yeah. out of the back of a, out of a pickup truck that you put inflatable floaties around the yeah. edge of, and you're going to go 90 miles from Havana to Key West.
0: Yeah, no, th- those stories, I... Those I th- people
1: are absolutely, yeah. like, they... I have mac- max mm-hmm. respect for oh, yeah. the people that have taken that journey oh, yeah. to come across because it is literally looking death in the eye.
0: See, that, that that's definitely... Uh, it makes, like, a... Uh The people, the people coming from Mexico, it seems like those hard. Yes, it's 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 something that I don't think anyone would ever want to go through. No, but those people coming from those torn countries like that—they're another level. It's it's they they have so much more water to go through. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's insane. I've heard some stories of like Cubans and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. It's probably the most heart-wrenching stories I've heard.
1: Yeah, sure. when it was in the peak, like, in the 80s and 90s and stuff, my dad would go fishing with his buddies. You know, they go offshore fishing or whatever, and you live right there. The Atlantic Ocean and the Gulf is, like, your backyard and your playground. So, like, they would go out fishing, and they'd just find empty vessels. Just, like... Just left. They didn't make it. Or, oh. or they did. Or they ditched them. And they ditched them, yeah. right. And they walked up. Yeah. So, but you don't ever know. You have yeah, no you really don't. I no. guess not.
0: Uh, no. Until there's an actual person on the raft or let you know the story and stuff.
1: Exactly. But no, it's been that it's kind of weird because I, you know, just being normal ass white kid, just no family didn't do anything extraordinary to get here, you know,
0: not not in this generation, not your your generation, because you definitely came from somewhere else as everyone has, but probably it's, you don't, it doesn't hit you as hard just because it wasn't such such a, close impact to you
1: right like my great-grandfather like came from syria mm-hmm. across like he left like some of his other wives there grabbed whatever one i guess he liked best right and like went across like very uneventful like in an ocean liner probably not in first class or yeah. anything but like probably not in the the basement or whatever it is right the floor of it and kind of went across Jeez. you know what i mean like just uneventful stuff right
0: but, uh, yeah. No, nah, it definitely makes me curious about, like, where I come from and stuff like oh, that. Oh, absolutely. Be- because, I mean, hearing that story, and that's my dad and grandfather, I can't imagine what my great-great-grandfather went through. Exactly. And that's only three people away. Yep.
1: And so, now and now, looking at, like, what's going on in Syria now, uh, like, I'm eternally, eternally grateful mm-hmm. for that decision that th- that someone else made a long time ago Agreed. that I never met.
0: Agreed. It's, yeah. It's a lot better situation to be here than there. <laughs> agreed yeah, but there's just too much going on man too
1: yeah much. so uh matt how about you did you uh did you have to like you know walk yourself across you know the rockies to get here and like through donner pass in a big snowstorm with a sleigh of dogs and all that stuff or no no no, no you don't have a cool story
2: no 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 <laughs> i had to uh, swim through a pair of balls to get here and that was about it really Ooh, okay no right. i was um i was born in pennsylvania bucks county right um that's where my mom's family's from, so I think we were mm-hmm. just visiting at the time. Um I moved around a lot, so like I spent the first five years of my life in Indiana, Fort Wayne, Indiana. um We're from Columbus, Indiana, originally. This is where my dad's family's from. Um, we moved out to Washington and spent most of my life there, pretty much my adult life um, and then we ended up moving back to Indiana a few years ago. So this was like 18 or 19, something like that. So we moved right. back out to Indiana, um, for a year. And then I moved back to Washington and I was there for two or three years. And then that's how I ended up back here. Okay. So yeah, i kind of jumped around a lot, but no, no, no good stories or anything like that. <laughs> like we just moved around. Dad kept, uh, finding different jobs. So first he was working for, uh, he was working in an assembly line for GM and Fort Worth and then he got a degree in uh, mechanical engineering and he ended up working for just DeSau- no Boeing he worked for Boeing first um, got laid off from Boeing and we went back to Indiana and then got his job back at Boeing came back um, and
1: that's a lot of moving bud we and it's not around. close
2: yeah no we we've been around a lot and so let's see dad went back and forth from like Boeing and so a few times. Cause like the first time dad got a job at Boeing, his whole department went on strike like within the first week. Wonderful. Yeah. So that was nice. So he came to work and everyone's like, yeah, we're not working. And he's like, well, that ain't going to happen. So he left. And then that's when he ended up at the for a few years. Um, then got back at Boeing and yeah, that was kind of it. So we grew up in uh Puyallup, Washington. Uh, that's where I went to all my school, went to elementary, junior high, high school graduated there um yeah like not much of a big story with that we grew up cars was kind of our big thing so dad had a i was gonna ask
1: how'd you get into cars because i know you got a corvette and all this other stuff but like how what what was the bug that that crawled up and and got you involved in all this yeah that's that's senseless burning of money
2: yep i'm a daddy's boy okay i
1: get it he had
2: a he had a fox body when i was a little kid Mm -hmm. um and he got rid of that, but it was cool. I think it had like a Vortec T trim on it or something and like a hundred shot of nitrous. Like, hell yeah. Back in the day, that thing was the, the shit. He's a bad bitch. <laughs> yep. Um, he got rid of that. And for a couple years, he had a base model C5, a black C5. Um, and that was that was when he started at Boeing and then had to leave because he went on strike. So he let that just get repoed because yeah. he kind of got screwed on that. Got a new job, bought a new car, and then, Yeah. Uh, but so his, his big car that we grew up with, he's got a C5 Z06, um, that grew over the years. It's a, now it's a twin turbo nitrous power glide setup. Um, it's still <laughs> mostly, I, well, I don't know. What, don't if say I street say it. car. Well,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's the, aside the fact that it doesn't have AC or power brakes or power steering, it's street car outside and the, of the fact, and and the fact that the it things that make it a street car. Oh, okay. And it overheats. Okay.
1: So the, outside of all the things that make it a street car, it's a street car. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: But it's, it's, it's in a weird limbo spot. Cause it's not a full race car. It doesn't work right. like a race car and it doesn't work like a street car. So I don't even really know what you would call it. It's, it's a cool toy. At that, this point, yeah. he, he went overboard. So originally he had a, a turbo technology twin turbo kit on it. And that was a, a street setup for a long time. And Mm -hmm. I think he made best of, like, 980 wheel out of it, 980 horsepower. Um, He wanted to break 1,000, so he had them build him a custom, like, up-and-forward kit. And their twin 76s, I believe. He didn't make the power that he wanted out of it, but he's also kind of restricted uh, on his motor. He's ran, like, a stock motor all these years on it, like— piston rod maybe but it's always been stock block stock crank he's got some edelbrock heads on it like mm-hmm. he couldn't afford to do big money builds so he just keeps blowing through junkyard ls's to to get his kicks out of it i get it so yeah that was how i got into cars i started with uh, i had a fox body my mm-hmm. second car was a fox body I had to get one of those um then i got into a new age mustang o2 uh those were all stock and then I got my Firebird. I had an 01 Firebird. That was my first toy. It ended up being like a Heads Cam Nitrous setup. Okay. Uh, this was pretty fun. It made 550 horsepower. Went 11, 1120s, 1130s or something on 100 shot.
1: How many 406s did you go through? Two or three. Two or three. <laughs> it's not that bad. It's, it's worse. <laughs> but this was just in a few years. I only had the car for like three years. <laughs> it didn't take long. Oh, man. Yeah, changing out 4060s in the driveway is a pain in the ass, man. But oh, we got good at it. We I got bet. Good at it. I
2: believe you. It started with dad's car because he auto-swapped his to a 4060 and uh, started burning through those things. Weird twin it,
1: turbos and, yeah, wow, who yeah. knew? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so that turned into like a seasonal venture of where... So he used to have RPM, RPM transmission yep. build all this stuff. And then he couldn't afford it anymore. So he's like, I'm, I'm going to tear this shit apart and we're going to figure it out. And it was always mm-hmm. the 3-4 clutch pack. And so that's, Every time. that's the first thing that comes out. You take the pump off and then there's a sun shell and then there's the 3-4 clutch pack. So mm-hmm. it's the easiest thing to get to in the whole transmission. So we kind of started with that. And,
1: and then you yeah. found out the 2-3 was burned up pretty much most of the time too.
2: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
1: Hell yeah. So Alex, have you decided after watching everybody that uh, has cars here and stuff like that to that you're finally going to join the money burning party?
0: I'd love to, man. I'd love to, but the way this economy is going right now, I think uh, I have uh, some other priorities that are on top of that list. Yeah. I would love to. For that makes sure. sense. I would love to. Like um, You're smarter than us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how I'm making those decisions right now because I've, I feel like I've would already have just spent all my money in a money pit on Mm a car or something, which I would definitely love to. I would love to.
1: I'm in there right now. I'm trying to dig out of my money pit with a, with a shovel though. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not really sure how it's going.
0: Which I definitely feel like, uh, I've, I've been making smart decisions because I've been taking care Mm -hmm. of debt already. Uh, just trying to stay debt free and definitely working on my credit score already. Um,
1: you're smarter than all of us,
0: bud. <laughs> I just put it out there, man. You're a lot smarter no, than all of us. I'll, t- I'll tell you, the only reason why is because I have a fiance.
3: Mm.
0: If I didn't have a fiance, I would be the ex- exact same way as Matt. I have a Corvette Z06 <laughs> already? I would. I would. I would be spending money, dumb money, for sure. But that, yeah, a lot of the decisions that I make are coming from a mutual yeah, standpoint with absolutely. me and my fiance. Those.
1: Uh, those. Those situations begin to put things into perspective differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, definitely. I mean, I I just got married not too long ago. It was like 20, Mm -hmm. yeah, 2021. Yeah, I got married in October 2021. Yeah. And it's, I expected, like when people told me that everything's going to change, you know, like me and her, like our day-to-day relationship hasn't Mm -hmm. really changed at all. But it's just how far ahead you look. Like Chris told me all this shit, right? I didn't believe a fucking word of it he's like man you're gonna every, this this is gonna happen and then this is gonna happen and then this and, and this and this and i'm like no <laughs> not me <laughs> there's a five grander in in norwalk this week and i'm trying to figure out if there's a car and a flight i can catch out there <laughs> right you know like that that was my mentality and it's changed a lot i mm-hmm. i mean I, maybe i just got lucky i don't know if everybody's this way but like i enjoy spending time with my wife i agree you I agree. know and I would really like to see it keep going that way, obviously. But you just make different decisions. Mm-hmm, and, definitely. I mean, there's still room in there to go racing and stuff like that. I'm excited to go racing this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it does change everything. Right. And if you want kids, it's definitely going to change that too.
0: At the moment, me and her are both on the same page. We don't want one. All right. At the moment. And it yeah. could obviously change the next five years. That you know, could Next change. year, yeah. who, who knows? Yeah. But at the moment we both have agreed on that yeah. we, we both have a life that we want to fulfill mm-hmm. our dreams and sure. our goals that we want to reach. And sure. We me and her definitely together we can we can make it that make that happen. Awesome. Hell oh, yeah. It's definitely different. But one thing I am glad is that she lets me do whatever I want to do Perfect. and supports me no matter what. There's she, nothing that can beat that, man. She's definitely a ride or die. Yeah. Ride or die. There's nothing sure.
1: that can beat that. So Matt, you've been sleezing down to the stockyards at PRs and stuff like that, looking for buckle bunny to pick up. No, 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 no. On those those Thursday night, lady nights, that's why you get in here a little Friday about nine ish, maybe instead of eight. Cadillac. No, I just just hit
2: the snooze. I just didn't want to come in. (laughs) No, I've I've had a few girlfriends, a few serious girlfriends, and then it worked out. And I'm at the point in my life where, well, so he wants to build his own life right Alex wants he's got his goals and stuff and I'm kind of mm-hmm. in the same position and maybe it's a little bit of selfishness in me but like you know I just want to have my own things do my own thing I don't right. I don't want to have somebody say you, you can't do that or you you can't spend that money or we need to go we need to go shopping and look at clothes mm-hmm. and things. no 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 I don't want to I don't want to mess with that you know I kind of like just keeping it myself at this point so maybe maybe someday but no and it definitely won't be somebody from the stockyards I've been I don't want none of that.
0: No, I, I completely understand that. Because, I mean, before her, um, I wasn't like a, I, I had relationships. Sure. Wasn't completely invested in them. I, mm-hmm. I made a lot of bad decisions, for sure. Right. But the reason why me and her click is just because all throughout high school, we were completely best friends. Like, uh, Oh, so little, y'all met in high school? Yes. Okay. Me, like a little flirtatious. Like, sure. You know, all the time. Mm-hmm. And that kind of type of best friend relationship right she never gave me the chance i always tried until uh going into college and that's when we decided to give it a try we've been together since for sure and i think that's what what makes it easy is we were best friends before you're familiar and it it, yeah we're 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 working towards being married and everything like that but Mm -hmm. the best friend is still there It, it, it makes it a lot easier definitely a lot more fun i believe I would and agree with that. Whenever you find that one best friend and then you make something happen with them, you can always find someone and then they become your best friend for sure. But we we had some history and we've yeah. always been friends. So it definitely helps. Definitely helps.
1: Honestly, man, that's, bring brings a tear to my eye. Man. <laughs> How about you? <laughs> so it's so sweet. Oh, I didn't I expect it. to get this deep 30 minutes into this deal. Goodness gracious. Oh, man. We're stone cold sober and just... Plummeted right off into the deep end here. No, that's okay. I think that that's a... Uh, I don't know. It's it's interesting, right? So, like, I've been here five years. Mm-hmm. When I came here at 25, I was a shithead. Like, let's not make yeah. any... Let's not pull any punches. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I'm married and trying to have kids. Big change. Right. But I also saw a lot of other things change. Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen Jesse change. Yeah. Jesse's changed a lot in those five years, too. Jesse, you know, is going skateboarding now and is, like, he's got a big freaking hematoma and bruise on his hip, and he's talking about falling down vert ramps and
0: So I thought that skateboard was for his son. So (laughs) there one was,
1: and then he was like, screw it, I'm not going to let him have all the damn fun. So then he went and got him one, Mm -hmm. and, you know, Jesse's old school, so Jesse is not going to skate street. Mm -hmm. Jesse's going to skate vert. All right. So with vert come big consequences.
0: (laughs) I think that's so why I used to skateboard quite a bit. Oh, I, I never could. I could serve, I can't skateboard. that's the hardest part, man. That's the hardest part of skateboarding, I think, is having the, the balls to drop on those vert ramps. Dude, exactly. They're straight down. Yeah. They're straight down. And sometimes they even go in mm-hmm. and then come back out, which is the insane part. Right,
1: depending on how old they are.
0: I, I yeah. skateboarded for four years. I never had the balls to do it. I never dropped into one of those. Yeah, dude. Uh, insane. Dude, insane. I, was,
1: I was telling Jesse the other day, so like, where i grew up i was able to go surfing and i mean it's not phenomenal surf by any means necessary four foot waves are a phenomenal day Mm. okay so my parents didn't even know i was surfing because i was playing baseball at the time and i was supposed to be taking that super seriously but i had a skate or a surfboard over at a buddy's house that just kind of leaned up against the house i just go grab it on the way to the beach and go hit it and go and there was a swell like a hurricane coming up the east coast where i lived in fort pierce and they uh Like when that happens, it pushes the surge, you know, towards the shore. So you get bigger break. And I want to say it's maybe like six and a half, seven foot waves, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So obviously bigger than what I was dealing with. Right. I go out, I paddle out and I go and I see the first one when I get like, when I get in the set and I see the first one as I'm still paddling out, trying to get to a lineup behind it. And I try to go over the top. I go over the top, I catch air, I come back down, a slam board, board comes up, pops me in the chin. You know what I mean? Like whole thing, you know, rack my teeth. And I'm like, oh, that hurt like hell. And I keep going. I got like two more to go. And then I see this next one and I just go underneath it. And then the next one, it's not breaking, so I can just kind of roll over the top. And I get in the lineup and I just, you know, just got my ass kicked back there. And I'm sitting around and I'm looking around. And there's, like, a lot of people there. There were, like, (laughs) photographers on the beach and shit and all this other stuff. Oh, yeah. (laughs) There's, like, this whole thing. Like, I assume there's probably, like, it must have just been slow everywhere else Mm. in the surfing world because there's, like, people there to take pictures for magazines and shit, I guess. And so I get in the lineup. And these other guys kind of go. And they both eat shit. And then I get ready. And I'm like, man, this is going (laughs) to suck. And I just immediately start just pumping, 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 pumping. This wave comes and I stand up on it. And I get up and I'm standing and I go to turn. My dumbass turns the wrong fucking way. <laughs> Bam! Right? And my head just, I mean, it's it's you know, head down, feet straight up, Aww. head hits the bottom, bounce up, come back up. Next thing you know, I'm come back up, another one's landing Aww. on me. These aren't even big waves, dude. Oh, <laughs> these, okay. are, these are God, six-foot yeah. waves. You're getting tore <laughs> up out there. there. Right? And then I'm like, I'll get a skateboard. It's safer. <laughs> right? I grab, I grab a skateboard. I kind of learn how to skate and stuff yeah. out in the driveway and all that stuff. And I grab. We go to. Uh, I went somewhere with my cousin. Uh, like, I can't remember. It was somewhere down south. And they had a, a, a mini ramp. Right? Just a little, really? little itty-bitty half pipe kind of deal. And i get on that and i'm like piddling around with that i'm like oh that's cool and he's like well they got a full you know they got a full half pipe here and i'm like no way let me see it and i go walking over there right and i'm standing, you know at the in the middle of the half pipe and i'm just looking up at the thing and i'm like uh-uh <laughs> uh, i've seen this before and that one was made of water this one's made of wood this yeah. thing will hurt me bad yeah. Yeah. i'm not down for that
0: no those were pretty fun man i i used to skateboard with my friends uh i started in middle school and probably stopped around my junior year in high school. We used to always right. go to a there's a skate park and it's a pretty big one in Grand Prairie, Alliance Skate Park. Okay. Um, a lot of people that skateboard they know it for sure. Um, yeah, they have a whole facility there, and I would love just going on those half pipes. Def, those are way different than just those vert ramps because those mm-hmm. are just those are probably like 12 feet tall. I and think that's right. Yeah. Looking straight down. Yeah. Those half pipes are probably seven eight feet and, but they're definitely not just straight downs They'll it gives you it's definitely it's got more, a little bit longer transition it's more in forgiving, it forgiving yeah more forgiving for sure but no i remember the first time i dropped i, I was so scared and i was just staring down there I, I hesitated so many times and i think what did it was when i hesitated i i was like fuck it so i went down and then i tried pulling back so i literally did like a wheelie on the back of my wheels and skateboard just swoop from mm. right under me hit my back and my head on the on the ramp Dock the wind out
1: of you yeah definitely it sucked
0: <laughs> it sucked it sucked but it gave me the courage i was like fuck it let's keep doing it <laughs> i like it, it definitely sucked
1: Hell yeah matt you do any other extracurricular activities before you became a uh, a machinist
2: mm. well i don't know about extracurricular Per se, I used to mountain bike a lot growing up back in Washington. That would make sense.
1: There's mountains there. There are
2: mountains everywhere. That's what was nice. I bet it's
0: beautiful up there. Those mountains. It is. That's really.
2: That's the only thing I miss from Washington is just the the scenery, the trees, the mountains. Like you, you don't get none of that here. And so we used to like going around like you drive down one main road and there's going to be like three or four parks with all sorts of walking trails biking trails everywhere so it's like you could go anywhere and ride your bike go walk through the woods like it was great it was a good time so i used to ride my bike everywhere i tried skateboarding i had a friend try and teach me Mm -hmm. skateboarding when i was younger um didn't make it very far i had this old skateboard that i got when i was like a little kid and he was trying to teach me how to kick flip and i got it to about the point where i can get the board flipped over Mm-hmm. And then I got to the point where I could almost get my feet on it, and when I finally got my foot on it, the truck snapped in half. <gasps> <laughs> that was some bad truck. This was <laughs> a bad truck. Yeah. Lord. So I was like, "No, I'm I'm way too fat for skateboarding." <laughs> <laughs> oh, so mountain God. bikes is where it was at.
1: Um,
0: that's a good exercise too, man. It, it was. That sounds
1: like it whips your ass, man. It I've watched does. like some guys, you know, like you're scrolling TikTok or whatever, and you see like just the dude with the GoPro on oh, yes. on this helmet, mm-hmm. and he's just you know just absolutely just hauling ass through this thing, and I'm like, man, that's a lot of work. <laughs> it is. I don't think I can do that on a dirt bike, <laughs> let alone something <laughs> I got a power.
0: So going up the mountain is the hardest part. I would assume oh, yeah. that. Oh yeah. But it is definitely worth it whenever you're going downhill.
1: I was gonna say. Going down also could be the worst part. Oh, see, like, yeah, that's the you, best part.
0: But it could be the worst part. It Definitely could, <laughs> definitely could. especially like in Washington it's was probably a lot more wooded, everything like yep. that. Uh-huh. Imagine going just twenty twenty five miles of your per head. hour, yeah, straight into a tree. Yeah, that's gonna hurt. That's gonna hurt. If if yep. you don't die, that's gonna hurt.
1: <laughs> just added another thing that I'm never gonna do to the list. <laughs> I have
0: got a big list <laughs> of stuff
1: I'm never gonna do. I just put that right there. Oh man.
0: Yeah. Uh, like the ones around here, they're definitely, they're, 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 they're cool. I'm I like
1: thankful them. I just live around hills and stuff. Yeah. Like I did not grow up with
0: that at all.
1: <laughs> there were no hills. No, I mean, the only I mean, hills right. were bridges. Yeah, <laughs>
0: agreed. Agreed. Yeah, there ain't too much over here either. No,
1: it's nice, man. A lot of people take it for granted. You know, we're at the very northern edge of what, you know, like geographically you could, I guess, assume the hill country. Yeah. I, I you know what so. I mean? Yeah, it's like yeah, sure. the very northern edge where sure. it starts to develop. Mm-hmm. I like it. I think it's beautiful. But, like, I'm a sucker for it, too, I have though. no
0: complaints either. No complaints. I, no. I've definitely traveled quite a bit, and I've seen a lot of places. Yeah. And I'm always glad when I'm, when I'm back home, For honestly. It's good to see everything, but coming back home to Texas is a little bit different. It hits different. It does. It's nice. I, There's so no much no stuff complaints. about it,
1: man. There's so much, especially Fort Worth area. Fort Worth. I mean, we're 30 minutes away from downtown Fort Worth. And that's like the nice part is that in where I live, I live south of Fort Worth. So like every morning when I'm coming this way, everybody's coming from Weatherford to Fort Worth. On the way home, everybody's going from Fort Worth to Weatherford. I'm going the opposite way. So I like, I don't have any of the issues with traffic that other people have. Mm -hmm. And like me and Tanner, you know, Tanner's not far from me. Um, every day that's like the easiest drive yeah. ever to right. be totally honest with you i've worked you know like when i first moved here i worked i was actually driving every day from burleson to forney there's a place called tnt race cars out in forney mm-hmm. and i drove over there pretty much all the time oh, just
0: how long is that drive
1: well hour 45 Ooh, that's rough each day. way and i was in my uh my my blue truck you guys weren't here when i first, when i had my old blue truck it was like a 04 so 4 with the 8-1 in it and the Allison, that thing got nine miles to the gallon, whether you're <laughs> yeah. going 50 or a buck 50, it was nine miles to the gallon. Didn't man. care. With a trailer hooked up, without a trailer hooked up, oh. and I mean heavy-ass trailers. Didn't care.
0: That's a lot mm. of gas money, man. <laughs> it was. It was a
1: ton. When I got to the point where I realized that my gas money was higher, like my gas bill like was higher than what I was getting paid, <laughs> I was like, man... I appreciate the job, yeah. everything, man. <laughs> yeah, but I don't tough. think it's gonna work. No,
0: that's what? tough. That's definitely tough. I mean, yeah. me even making that when I first started here, I was living in Steubenville, making that forty-five minute drive. Yeah, like it, at the same time, it was crucial, but mm-hmm. or not crucial. I forgot the word. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. It it, it was tough, but at the same time, it was kind of nice in the mornings having that 45 minutes to hour drive to myself and on the way back, just put it on a podcast. Exactly. That's what I do. Give me time to wake up as well before I got here. It wasn't bad, uh, but I'm definitely glad I don't have to do it anymore. For sure.
1: What kind of podcast do you listen to? I'm going to say Rogan off the top because we both both listen to that. Matt, do you listen to Rogan?
0: No, I don't listen to any podcast. You don't listen to any podcast. No. You're
1: quite the intellectual,
0: Matt. (laughs) Is that what that means? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's mostly yeah. uh for me it's mostly uh comedians uh okay i like having a laugh at work um
1: it is enjoyable i've started doing that now that yeah. i'm back here and i'm not on the phone mm-hmm. i kind of like started listening to some george carlin stuff or uh-huh. whatever while i'm plugging away on like writing a tech blog or whatever uh-huh. the hell it is that i'm doing yeah. i i enjoy that quite a bit to be honest george with you. carlin's funny yeah. I, like oh, I love george carlin mm-hmm. george carlin cracks me up yeah
0: Yeah, no, I I like listening to uh, a bunch of people that uh, they have, like, guests on that have stories, stories. Like uh, a bunch of uh, veterans, uh, stories, Mm -hmm. um, people that have just gone through terrible or horrific or just great things. Interesting human experiences. Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm interested in. I like hearing people's perspectives, Mm -hmm. uh, the way they think of the world. Mainly because what they have gone through is what makes that. Yeah. And that's what, that's what uh, comedians and that. And I'll, I'll dabble a little bit on some sport podcasts, but other than that, it's just comedians and just, I love hearing stories.
1: That's pretty close to mine as well, as far as, I mean, not necessarily just that, but yeah. Yeah. I get sucked down into uh, Dan Carlin. I don't think he's related to George Carlin, but he does a show <laughs> called Hardcore History.
0: Oh, uh, I thought it was Dan.
1: It is Dan Carlin, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Dan yeah, Carlin's yeah. Hardcore History.
0: Yeah, I, I've listened to a couple of those episodes. I do like that.
1: They are a big investment, man.
0: Like five They're, hours each or some shit. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes,
1: five and a half hours yeah. each.
0: <laughs> yeah, I only made uh, the the three episodes that I watched. I only made it for like two hours. Yeah, uh, that was about it. And then I was just like, it's oh, a big good. investment, man. It is. And
1: it's detailed and it's good. Super detailed.
0: That that's that's why it is good and that's why people right. like it because it's super detailed and mm-hmm. he has all the facts. And it's it's crazy to hear what and he doesn't people position himself.
1: Oh, dude, it's so different. It's I, I incredibly to that, different. Uh, Genghis man. Khan one. Oh that, yeah,
0: ruthless, ruthless.
1: Yeah, the the Wrath of Khan series is absolutely amazing. <laughs> it's ruthless. Yeah, there's, there's like
0: three of three episodes or so. I think four that's episodes. right. Yeah, it, so, they're long though, too. <laughs> so he's
1: got a six part series on just World War One.
0: Oh my god! And they're probably each four hours long,
1: roughly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's, that's definitely a lot. an investment.
1: And here's the thing, too. I just learned this the other day. I was, you know, I, I just completed the. It's called a Blueprint for Armageddon series, mm-hmm. and I just finished it. This is my third or fourth time through. I'm just now beginning to kind of comprehend what happened. Mm. Like it's a lot of information, mm. and, and there's two different fronts, and there's a lot of things that happened beforehand that set it all up, and then there's a lot of consequences afterhand, and a lot of details that go through the middle of it. It's it's honestly one of the most complex. Situations to ever try to comprehend. But the one thing that I did take away from it is how entirely different people legitimately were at that time. And it's just a little over 100 years ago. On the grand scheme of things, you know, in the however many billions of years it's been since someone turned the light on in this universe and put everything into motion that got us here to here today, Mm -hmm. that 100 years is just a blip. And yeah. We've accelerated so fast, and that communication style is lost mm-hmm, because this type of medium, like a podcast, technology, obviously didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And like even if you look and read, I don't know, you can read the uh, the, the Declaration of Independence. You can read anything like any colonial era mm-hmm. paperwork. I it's it's kind of hard to digest what those words mean. Mm-hmm. So, it and don't even get me started with your generation and like no cap for real for real bro or whatever <laughs> else. But it's getting yeah. harder to digest, man. Not Things are sure. moving too for quick, sure. and so it it's weird. And so now, what I think is interesting is with this medium, right? Your if you have kids, right? Mm-hmm. Your kids will be able to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Grandkids will be able to listen right. to it. People that, you're, that you that were created because of you never knew you right. will be able to hear you. It's
0: almost as it's a time capsule.
1: It, it almost is. Yes. Yeah. It's a little moment frozen in space and time of who you were as, as a person at, mm-hmm. right then and there. Mm-hmm. And that's why, that's what finds I find interesting about this. Oh, you know? for
0: sure. For sure. And I mean, it's, I don't think uh, in history, a town period has not changed as much as what we're living in right now.
1: Yeah. No things way. are rapidly happening and things are going to continue to rapidly happen. Um there's we're gonna live through some more historic times. Um I'm done I'm within done with them already. <laughs> <laughs> too bad. <laughs> Unfortunately yeah. too bad. There's yeah. gonna be there's gonna be some uh some in- oh, for sure. We're luckily in a good spot. Oh, uh definitely. in the United States of America, that is. Mm-hmm. We're in a we're in a really good spot now as of you know where we are status wise mm-hmm. and you know we're not obviously wealthy people that own you know all sorts of different properties and raw Death materials things like that our life is probably not going to be that much different than what it was pre nine eleven, but it's it, it is going to look a little bit right. different but there's going to be people in other places of the world that are going to have really hard times here very soon i agree within I about agree. 10 years ish
0: i agree and yeah, it's it's like we—that's what is hard for us Americans to look at uh, other countries. It's hard because, to get that perspective. Yes, for sure, because we're not living through it. Right. Uh, some people can get that perspective by videos and stuff like that now, but it's not the same.
1: And you can empathize with it right. maybe, but it's hard to truly experience right. it and know that in your gut.
0: Mm-hmm. I guarantee, if I went somewhere like even. Like Mexico with everything going on right now. Well,
1: yeah, exactly. That that deal all just popped off. What feels like overnight. I'm sure it's not the case, but it feels like <laughs> overnight. You know,
0: almost pretty much. No, it's insane. Yeah, it's it's hard to put in perspective what other people in every other country is going through, and uh, definitely some are worse off than others. And it's, it's just hard. I mean, even myself, I have trouble sometimes because I am blessed, and mm-hmm. we have we don't have the same problems right. as other countries no we at don't. All. No, myself with is. I I am blessed to, to be here right now, and uh, I mean I have to go back to my grandparent, my grandpa and my dad because they brought us over here. Exactly. I man. would I would be in Mexico right now if they wouldn't have. Right. And my life would be, way different. Exactly. I'd be on the side of the road trying to clean your windows for a couple of pesos. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, man. It's it's tough. It's tough.
1: Yeah, I mean I've been to some places like I've been to the Dominican Republic, you know uh, I've been to some other places in the Caribbean like it. Man, that's a real reality check. Yeah. Like, we went through, uh, we just, like, when Katrina came through the Caribbean, right, as, like, a Category 1 or whatever, Mm -hmm. before it went into the Gulf and got really ramped up, I think it was maybe a 2, but we just left the DR when that went down. Oh, shit. Right? So, we're at home. Meanwhile, keep in mind, this is, I think, yeah, so we... I haven't been to school in, like, almost eight months because of Francis and Gene before that. So, like, I missed the whole sixth grade. Right. Like, I think I got, like, the beginning orientation week of sixth grade. And then fast forward six weeks or so, and we went back to school for, like, another week or two. And then we got hit by the whichever one was second. I can't remember, Francis or Gene. But then, like, and then we were gone. And then, like, I had this deal in the DR to go play ball down there. And I I was 11, 12, something like that. 10, 11, 12, somewhere in there. And when we came back, we were just like happy that that thing didn't hit us. But we're sitting there watching it on TV, right? And you're watching these huts get blown away with little tin roofs on them and stuff. And you're like, dude, we were just there.
0: Yeah, you like, could have easily been one of them.
1: Well, right. Sure. We could have been, I mean, yeah, in the hotel, in the, in the all-inclusive right. hotel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah you were still
0: there. You were still there and experienced. That experience itself it's would It's different,
1: you. man. It really is different. And
0: that's why I'm glad I don't live I, I, I'm glad where I live because those hurricanes, man, they can get rough. Oh. <laughs> Natural disasters, uh, it's tough. Uh, it we barely get anything here.
1: Yeah, I and mean, we get tornadoes, rarely, rarely though, Ra- very rarely on this side of yeah. the metroplex. Right now, if we were on like the same distance from Dallas, I'd say we're a yeah. little bit more of a targeted area. Yeah, but like I mean, we had the one that just came by what a couple weeks ago or whatever. Yeah, the the funnel cloud mm-hmm. that was well it was developing. Pretty much, pretty much right went us. right down Ranger Highway. <laughs> Right above yeah. us? Yep. That was, yeah. boy, that was an interesting day. No, those
0: are some scary things, man. Just there's nothing you can do about them.
1: No. And just got to let it run its course. Hey, we have a plan here at Frankenstein, okay? Go to the Spintron room, all right, and just, like, close the door. Or, <laughs> if you can't get in there, come in here because this thing is built with two-by-sixes. All the way around, yeah. And then it's built with two-by-sixes that are laid side-by-side side across the top. Okay. Yeah, we could park a car on top of this <laughs> damn thing and not have an issue. Now, there is one thing behind this concrete wall here. It is outside.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah.
1: Like, I can hear the air compressor, this one right here, fire off and thump right here against the wall. (laughs) I think one of the bolts on it are loose or something. It's just... (laughs) Oh, man.
0: Yeah. But,
1: no, man. We we definitely are. And I think we're going to see some things change. uh, Oh, definitely. Some more in our lifetime.
0: I think it's just going to speed up as well. I think we're just going to start seeing a lot more things a lot quicker, especially with, obviously, that Russia and... That going was going on. to happen no matter what. That's true.
1: That's Whether true. COVID, no COVID, a lot of people right. said that that was going to happen pretty much no matter what.
0: Did you listen to that last joke? I did. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> that, was, that, that was a that was a lot. It was a lot. It was, it was a lot. lot. An hour and a half, but definitely very informative. Very informative. A lot of things that I not did not know about, and it's, it's like the way he explained it. It's going to be crazy mm-hmm. to see what Russia and China are in sixty years. It's going to be crazy yeah.
1: to see what China's like in ten years.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. No, that, that's a podcast to listen to. Yeah, it that's is. Yeah,
1: it is. I think it's a, oh, man, I can't remember the guy's name. Yeah, me neither. Oh,
0: God. No, <laughs> now I got to inform the listener. <laughs> no, it's definitely a podcast everyone needs to listen to. Um, just because it doesn't have, it doesn't just talk about other countries and what they're going to go through. It also talks about what we as Americans are possibly going to go through as well.
1: Oh, God, I can't remember now. I'm, I'm looking at his last name. It's Zion, Z-E-I-H-A-N, H. Peter Zion. There it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Peter Zion, he's a, he's a geopolitical expert. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no. And it's actually really funny, the different geopolitical uh, situations and consequences that mm-hmm. kind of affect uh, even an aftermarket cylinder head company mm-hmm. like us. Like when the war in Russia and Ukraine broke out, the price of titanium valves mm-hmm. pff, threw the moon.
0: And that's where we get our valves from, right?
1: Well, that's where, like, all the titanium ore in the world is. Ah, okay, is It's okay. focused in that China, Russia, um, Ukraine area. Okay. Like, hell, the SR-71 Blackbird, if you want a good book about, like, engineering and mm-hmm. stuff like that, um, there's a wonderful book, and let's see here. It's basically just called Skunk Works. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it is the – takes you through the pathway of developing the U-2, the SR-71, and some of the – um I think one other plane. I want to say the F one seventeen, but I think it's Northrop Grumman plane. I'm not sure. That could be a Lockheed plane, I'm not real sure. But uh they go through that and one of the funny things was is that, you know, that's during the Cold War and there was no trade from the USSR to America. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a very limited trade from the USSR to other countries like uh, like Mexico, mm-hmm. that could then get put into the US, but it was extremely expensive. The tariffs were really high on it. So what uh, Lockheed did was they formed a bunch of shell corporations, you know, in the South Pacific, and would buy a ton of titanium from Ukraine just to build the airframe for the SR-71 because that's a big freaking plane. Right. It yeah, takes a sure. lot of titanium. Oh, yeah. And that was the way that they had to do it. Okay, well, think about why would they go to Ukraine? Well, that's, that's the source of the subject. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's sure. where it is. So that immediately, it, it's like, you know, it's like blood diamonds in Africa, man. Yeah. As soon as conflict breaks out, the price of everything goes up. Mm-hmm. So, it, and yeah, it's also caused delay because now there's, you know, ore shortages going to people like Exeldyne mm-hmm. and Manly and stuff like that. That then cause further delays and then yeah. cause further delays. And folks, if you ordered something with titanium valves, you don't get it yet. This is why.
0: <laughs> in all reality, this is it. No, there's definitely been a lot of backup. A lot of backup.
1: And we've gotten a little better at, you know, catching stuff up, mm-hmm. things like that. But definitely. it's, it's honestly, it's once you get a little bit behind, it's so hard to catch back up. Oh, for sure. Thankfully, we've had a reputation of, you know, mm-hmm. custom ordering stuff. So nothing is in stock ever. Right. Um, Now we do, you know, over the last couple of years, now we do have some things that are just normal part numbers Mm -hmm. that people can just order and goes out the door, but it's still not really in stock. I don't know if a cylinder head is in stock really. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's tough. But
1: nobody else is in, I mean, everybody else is in the same boat. So nobody's really that much better off at the moment. That could change, but I don't know. I still see a pretty good demand for our stuff. And honestly, you know, one group of people I feel bad for, people that clicked on this podcast to listen to stuff about cylinder
3: heads. (laughs) Those people got the short end of the stick
1: today. Folks, sometimes we're going to talk about life and just, you know, chop it up a little bit. Cause I think, man, I listen to like other car podcasts and stuff. And like one of them, they do a really good job, but it doesn't hit. It doesn't, it doesn't transfer to me to where I like, I can appreciate the the Mm -hmm. quality of production and stuff. I can't get into listening to it because it's just about the car.
0: Yeah, so yeah I, that's why I've uh, I tried to uh, listen to a couple of car podcasts and st- mm-hmm. stuff like that. I just feel like I get lost. And, yeah, uh, I can see that. I, I'm not too knowledgeable, just like as everyone else is here. I thought I was before I worked here. And then I started talking to people here, and I was like, I don't know shit. <laughs> Some of the people um, here can humble you quickly oh with information. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I seriously, like, out of my whole friend groups in high school and everything like that, I knew everyone thought I was, like, a prodigy. And then it kind of got to my head. And then I got here, and I was like, damn, I don't know shit. Yep. <laughs> it it's yep. tough. It was tough.
1: I know yeah. how to break shit. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm pretty good at it.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it's, but those car car podcasts is, it's hard to listen to for, for me, at least. Sure. Uh, I do like, uh, mm. I, I just feel like it's sometimes it's not a normal conversation uh, just right. because it's all information about uh, an item.
1: Right. Or a subject or an event, like right. results wise. Like there's a ton of stuff like that wise, as far as like on the sportsman side of drag racing and even the professional side, you know, you can listen to a podcast and you can listen to someone just give you the results of the weekend or of the the, the, you right. know, the week if they do bi-weekly stuff you know so and such did this somebody did that over here at this place you know this happened and i think that definitely has its place and so does the so does the the area where these guys you know most of these guys are show car builders mm-hmm. they're going right. to barrett-jackson they're going to Meekum. Mm-hmm. they're bringing in 57 chevys and you know doing a little bit of rust repair and some upholstery work and then you know fresh tank gas fresh oil change and transmission fluid change and it's back out the door with a sticker on it saying you right. know for auction right and they tell you the story about that maybe they'll tell you the story about the car and maybe the car came from a cool owner or something right, right? but like that's it it, right. it comes and goes with the car yeah, and I, I don't i don't have as much of an emotional connection to cars as like some people do mm-hmm. some people love their cars and i right. get it i've i grew up in like in a motorsports family And when I was
0: came and went, came and went,
1: (laughs) not necessarily so much just because like we didn't, we didn't have that much money for the racing budget. Okay. So like my dad built his car and don't get me wrong, he like loved it and was pretty attached to it. But when I like left my parents' sphere of influence and like I went racing as soon, right after I broke my hand, I couldn't play ball no more. So I left college and started racing full time and like that car, that car is, is no different than a 916 wrench. Mm-hmm. That thing is a tool that you were going to use to pry money out of other people's pockets. Mm. That's the way that it was looked at. So you need to maintain it that way. Like you still need to care about it and, and you know, maintain the vehicle. Yeah, not for sure. So that way it can perform as best as possible for you. But like the attachment level, like, I I yeah, care sense. less. It was a sense.
2: job, it wasn't a hobby.
1: Right. It, yeah. it was more like a, was, yeah. But it was still a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> it was, yeah, definitely. It was kind of hard. That that line got blurred a lot. Now, now when it's a hundred and one degrees and freaking Paducah, and I'm changing <laughs> transmissions on the concrete, like, yeah, I'm not having a great mm-hmm. time laying underneath that S10. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, but you get over it. It's part of the gig. You know yeah, what I mean? Because right. then you get the beautiful weather in October when you're at Montgomery racing for the million. You know, like now you're in prime conditions. Right. Everything's wonderful. Everybody's upbeat. But no, man, like I, I would say that, that if you do have an emotional connection to a car, don't ever sell it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. For that, the most part, I've noticed that like people that do have connections to it is the, either their father passed away and that was the first car they built together exactly. or that was the one that they gave them. Exactly. That type of thing. Don't sure.
1: sell it. If you have an emotional connection to a car, do not get rid of it. Yeah. Gavin yeah. almost sold that truck that his grandfather oh, that he either bought from his grandfather or grandfather. I'm not sure. I remember that he was But he was it. he was talking about selling it and like doing something else like building something else with mm-hmm. the money and I'm like dude you're going to kick your ass. Yeah. And he he took the motor out of it and stuff and sold that but he <laughs> didn't get rid of the yeah. truck, you know. But yeah. now I man. know he's
0: got plans for it again. <laughs>
1: yeah, he keeps going back and forth, man. He said he's going to put a big block in it and he said, I don't know, maybe I'll get him on here and straighten him out and figure out what he needs. <laughs> <laughs> I said talking about putting a diesel in it. Yeah, that LT swap. I that. Hey, dude, I'm down for that. diesels, bro. Yeah. I love diesels. Duramax they're they're cool. I don't know too much about the platform, to be totally honest. I don't know honest. anything about them either. I just know that they don't have a spark plug. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. I there's no spark plugs in I a diesel. I don't really anything about diesel.
1: Oh, so diesels are like really, they're, there's not too many other things like them. So essentially, what happens is in modern day diesels, there's no throttle body either. Okay. So it's all just depending on how much pedal you give the thing and based on load and ECU and a million other calculations that somebody in the comment section going to be like, oh, you forgot about this, the KPA. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's a calculation that basically depends on how much of a load you want to put on the engine with your foot. It puts in that much fuel. Okay. And that's how it throttles itself. Okay. So, basically. like, that's where all the high-tech direct injection stuff came from. That's now in the LTs. Mm-hmm. And I guess in, the, um, in some of the Ford heads. Okay. It all pretty much got developed there. Okay. You know Bosch and Siemens and all these other guys mm-hmm. spent a ton of money trying to figure that deal out. Delphi, all them, and okay. they obviously did their homework. It works great, but like in a diesel, it's still four strokes, like, cool. uh, like in a gas motor. But the thing is that you have, oh man, I don't even really know. I, I want to say like fourteen and a half to one, fifteen and a half to one compression, mm-hmm. and it runs like sixty-five pounds of boost. Damn, and that's like a, it's like a production vehicle almost. Mm-hmm probably a little bit of a spicy production vehicle but (laughs) (laughs) like a a, a tune on like a duramax Mm -hmm. is close to that area i want to say i could be totally freaking wrong and there's gonna be somebody that just absolutely rapes me in the comments but
0: yeah i also just want to say that just because i work here doesn't mean i know everything
1: yeah that goes to you too my neighbors
0: (laughs) okay people i don't work on
1: cars okay if it has turn signals on it i don't know dick about it all right
0: (laughs) oh man sometimes i'm an idiot and i just I I I feel like I have selective hearing sometimes, and yeah. I'll retain whatever I want to hear don't sometimes. All. Yeah, I guess. So. <laughs> yeah, I just want to let everyone know that. <laughs> I'm not the smartest, but I know a bit. I know a bit. Well,
1: that's the fun thing about working here is that I don't think anybody holds a golden key. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it really does take everybody's efforts here to, to make shit run, you know, to make this, this thing move. And that's one of the things that's really become apparent to me over the past few years is that like you nobody could literally do this thing on their own. Not to this level. Yeah. Can someone have a cylinder head shop in their garage with a Surdy and a whole big red and a bunch of bits and, you know, maybe go over to a machine shop for a surfacer? Sure. Yeah. They absolutely can. They can build a pressure check station at home, they can do all that stuff at home. And they can service their community or you know, global or whatever, they're not going to do the volume. Nope. In they're the not right. going to have the, the, the repetition of consistency either. And they're not going to also be able to do that while making new stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. That's where the biggest hurdle for most people is, is. Once you get to a level that pretty much hits your max capacity, it's then making more new mm-hmm. stuff and then being able to put that back into your manufacturing process and lineup.
0: That's the thing about the new, the new things that we're coming up with. Yep. It's, we're, we're, we don't release it until... Not until shit's for, ready. Right. We know for a fact it's...
1: Beyond a shadow of a doubt, ready to go. Exactly. exactly. There, you, we can't fail because it's just too much blowback. Mm-hmm. You literally can't. No. And, and yeah, we do tease some new products that are coming out or whatever. Half the time, it's just to see what the reaction is, mm-hmm. to see if it's you know, a favorable of continuing that product idea. Um, some products that were teased four years ago, three and a half years ago, just didn't pan out, whether that be because of logistics cost to us got too high and like priced us out of the market on like to the, to the consumer. And so those things didn't happen. But like some of the other things we're just wanting to dial in, get detailed and then try to bring the cost the retail cost down as far down as we possibly can because we we don't want to not be competitive Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so that's where that that end balance comes through even though you can manufacture a product that is to your liking tested against what else is available commonly in the marketplace okay cool what if it's I don't know. Just throw a number. What if it's $10,000 and everybody else's stuff is $2,000? Yeah. Well, you're only going to get a small amount of people that really care about having that extra 3% or whatever it is of, of refining their entire you know, 100% of what they can milk out of a combination. Hey, we can get you a couple extra percent right here with this extra piece. How much is it? 10 Gs. Huh? <laughs> Do what no,
0: now? Oh, man. Yeah, so that's, that's too.
1: too right and i mean that's, that's that's guys like jd you know and t-board and everybody else you know like there's a lot of number current there's a lot of stuff that happens Definitely. that hell i don't see or <clears throat> you know anybody just it's it's complicated it's it is a nuanced deal now that we've grown to this size mm-hmm. and i don't know i i kind of enjoy it it's a fun challenge
0: i agree it's it's fun i like it y'all like having fun it. <laughs> Matt goes. I don't know what
1: y'all are talking about. I'm working my ass off, man. I fine. go home and I just hear. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> stop. You know it's bad when it's in your head and it goes. Meow, meow, meow.
0: <laughs> you jump out of. bed That's
1: when I wake up at like
2: two thirty in the morning. I'm covered in sweat. <laughs>
1: I'll never forget. Like one of the like six months working here, Jesse was doing something to a low pro lid. It was hauling ass, dude. Like it was fast. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the feed was, but it was nuts. And it's going back and cross, going back and cross. And we're sitting. It's me, Martin, this guy that used to work here named Bam Bam. It's a funny story why we call him Bam Bam. <laughs> and JD's in his office. Jesse's in his. Jesse's on the phone with I think his wife because like something happened with Elliot. Like he's sick at school or some shit. And we just hear like that that telltale. <laughs> Like oh, just man. bad, just like something broken. Now it's skipping across. Yeah. And everybody just immediately got up, started running back and trying to figure out where it was, hit the e-stop, And we're like, what the hell happened? And then Jesse's like kind of, Jesse's like the last one
0: to come out. He's like, babe, I got to go. No, no, no.
1: <laughs> Comes out there and he's like, oh, so everybody saw my screw up, huh?
0: <laughs> How long ago was that? It was
1: years, man. It's a long time ago. It's I, like twenty, like nineteen, dude, before COVID.
0: I, I'm trying to think because I, I think I remember we had a problem with the Herco. Uh, it's
1: happened a couple times, Alex, all right?
0: Something got, thrown, <laughs> something got thrown and it broke the window to the Herco. Oh, yeah. That
1: was like one of the first days the Herco was here. Yeah, yeah I
0: remember that one. 18. I was here for that one. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty loud. Yeah,
1: those things make fun noises <laughs> when they go bang up against freaking oh, windows. Man. Hell, the Mazak, for the longest freaking time, uh, Jose had a broken window in it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, like forever. Mm-hmm. It felt like forever it had a broken window in it.
0: Yep. That's probably the one I'm talking about or thinking about. Might be. Yeah, for that, I don't remember. was oh, yeah. only one, one time that I've heard that. It wasn't pleasant We don't crash <laughs> stuff
1: nor near as much yeah. like we used to. Hang on. Yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, it's it's not that bad anymore. It and Not even anymore. We weren't even really doing it all that yeah. often before. I just remember it really notably because I was working here in early impressions, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so how often do we just, like, run shit into other shit? Like, is this a normal thing? Like, is this part of just figuring it out? Or, like, mm-hmm. how does this go? I didn't know a damn thing about, you know, CAD models and mm-hmm. machining things. And, you know, Jesse explained to me, like, yeah, sure, you can design something that's kick-ass. But if you can't machine it, what, you, cool, yeah. you got a pretty model. Wonderful. Yep. Yeah. So, like, that, that's a very nuanced type of uh, approach to it is thinking of the whole picture. Right. You know, and obviously that's some of your gig there. Mm-hmm and uh, how do you like your new desk sir you got a new desk you got a surface plate
2: yep i'm liking it i haven't got to play with the surface plate yet but i want to i saw jesse he was um he was laser scanning the coyote heads those holbrook heads uh mm-hmm. getting a uh a flange program figured out and okay like something like that would be cool i want to you know figure out how that kind of works so that's a tough
1: that's a tough place to get into as well on that on the intake flange of those heads Oh, it is. That's yep. a tricky little bastard.
2: Yeah, it's tight, and it's got like a, a turn in it as well, and it's different yep. left and right, so now we need two different programs for yep. each one. We figured that out about halfway through running the first one. Jesse was watching it like, no. I wonder how it's going to do that.
1: <laughs> We're professionals, folks. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's called R&D. We're r right now. Oh,
0: man.
1: Yeah, researching and destroying. <laughs> yeah. That's always kind of been the joke, too, around here. We're rough on stuff, man. Like, yeah. Some of the things we'll talk about later off microphone. Mm -hmm. Some of the things I've seen. uh, (laughs) Some of the things some of our customers have done are pretty pretty rowdy.
0: Yeah. That's That's the pain in the ass, man. I've seen some bad ones come in, but I've never seen that one that happened
1: before. yeah i mean that one just it yeah it just he probably downshifted it if i had to guess probably just got downshifted a little higher like from looking at just what it is not ever talking to the guy not knowing anything if i were just to someone bring brought me a cylinder head and say hey this happened and it's in the road road course application my first gut feeling is always that someone just downshifted the thing and it yeah. got a little too much <laughs> rpm on it and i mean that's that's gonna happen It's in road racing stuff, endurance racing stuff. I've learned a lot from a couple of uh, guys that I know that work on that side. That stuff is incredibly difficult to achieve a level of success. Now, once you get to that level of success, as far as like durability wise, pretty easy to maintain it. And if you try to go any faster, IMSA or FIA kind of pulls you back either power wise or weight wise. But if like once you can achieve that level of durability as long as you obviously don't lose your uh your qc level then it's pretty much rinse and repeat right now there are some things that they kind of look at you know fuel economy wise or they're obviously always looking to try to improve aero and handling Mm -hmm. but once you find brakes that last 24 hours works pretty great it's got anti-lock brake systems on those things so you it's easy for the drivers it has traction control so the traction control does sometimes beat up like the cv axles and stuff but i think they've gotten that figured out so it, like i said there's so many different driver aids and technology in it that it's kind of removed a little bit of not only just the driver input but like of what efforts have to go into a car to make it live with the idiot driver that's also trying to do dumb shit to the car yeah so it's it's a different environment. It's a different world.
0: Honestly, I like that kind of racing, though. I do too. It, it, I enjoy it, looks, it. It looks fun. I would love to do that for sure.
1: Absolutely. I would love to. Couple million dollars, man. I can get you hooked up with a good MSA team. <laughs> I know a guy. I can make Shoot. a phone call, dude. If Couple million off. dollars a year, dude. We can get you in the oh, a year. Yeah, in the year. We can get you in the Le Mans. We can get you in Daytona for oh. the Rolex Twenty Four.
0: If you're offering a loan, I'm all for it. Do they take a check? <laughs> I can write a check. <laughs> <laughs> No, it, it's, it seems really fun. I've watched a lot of videos on road course uh, racing. And, and it's a that. blast. It, it looks fun, man. Especially a,
1: go, go, go drive some go-karts over there by I-30 or and Track, or whatever the hell it's called now, on the east side of Dallas. They have Dallas Karting Center there. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. They've got some badass rental karts. It's probably the most badass rental kart I've ever sat in. Mm-hmm. I think we are going like 88, 90 miles an hour or something like that.
2: Which kart did you get in?
1: Um, I didn't do the shifter ones because we didn't have time. Okay. It was getting dark. Mm-hmm. so i did the whatever the most advanced non-shifter okay. one was yeah. i guess like a like a pro crate or whatever the hell they call it a crate class or something yeah but yeah those things are pretty fast like mm-hmm. there's
2: fun dude like I'm i, I enjoyed to go out it there. i used to go kart a lot back in washington with another coworker. we worked okay. on nights together sometimes we'd go in like in the morning before work and just go do some laps for the hell of it but yeah, I've been wanting to go out and check out that karting complex.
1: I mean, it's pretty far drive from here. It's yeah, probably two bit. and a half. Because it's on the two, other side of Dallas, it's right? on the East side of Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. I've, only seen,
0: I've only seen pictures of it, but it looks pretty cool. It's a blast, it looks man. Pretty
1: cool. It is an absolute blast. I think. I think maybe. Yeah, uh, Chris has kind of been talking about like one day trying to like go do something. Yeah. Like as a yeah. shop. A you know, trip. when we get a free day. <laughs> 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 or maybe like yeah. the day before like Christmas break or whatever. You know, we normally have our party maybe if we ever get to that point to where we can like it'd be a lot of fun yeah definitely. either that or paintball i figured paintball is probably closer it's probably cheaper too <laughs> it probably is yeah
0: no i, I just i've I started getting back into paintballing it's, it's pretty fun yeah you're into it's paintball and stuff uh i i just got now got back into it i used to a long okay. time ago uh middle school through a little bit of high school i used to paintball pretty heavy you missed
1: out man there's a time like when paintball was like on espn too really Oh, yeah, dude. Like, I got Oof. super invested into paintball, like, like trying to understand yeah. how everything worked. And then, like, I learned, like, the closest paintball facility was, like, two and a half hours away from my house. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm never doing that. I'm, you know, yeah. nine years old. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, no, uh, here we would always just find uh, someone that has land and right. go out there and play with a couple buddies. Or that Fun on the Run cor- uh, paintball place uh, in Fort Worth. Oh, there's one in Fort Worth? Yeah, Fun on the Run. And there's also one hmm. that walks you now, Mad Dog paintball or something like okay. that. Okay. Yeah. No, it's, it's really fun, man. Uh, I bet it is. It's definitely an exercise. <laughs> I believe that. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: probably a little bit more of an exercise than softball or golf. Yeah, which I went with uh, my buddies about, my
0: max. about about a month ago. And uh, you're, you're pretty much crouching behind an obstacle the whole time. Okay. Uh, not not the whole time, but it feels like pretty much all day. And the next day, I, it was a Monday. I came to work. My legs, <laughs> legs were hurting, feeling it. And, man, yeah, I was feeling it for sure. It sucked. <laughs> no, it's no. pretty fun, though. It'd be fun. Everyone going, that'd be cool.
1: I think it would be pretty fun. Plus, I mean, how much fun would it be to shoot J.D. with a paintball gun? <laughs> this is my first thought when you said that. <laughs> I'm going straight
2: for Max. He's for Deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. Totally
1: worth it. Totally worth it. I'm not hitting Chris. Not even. I'll no no shot. Too. No. You've never <laughs> been patted on the back by him before. <laughs> I have. I mean,
2: his bare paw. I watched Gunner get patted on the back
1: <laughs> by him I swear, he broke his shoulder. He was
0: like... Moved them like five feet. <laughs> I remember that
1: dude. He's really strong, he doesn't know it. Yeah, <laughs> that man's a big man. He's a big man, yeah. He's a real big man. Oh, but oh. anyway, guys, I think I probably kept you here long enough. And uh, people listening probably suffered enough, I guess. I don't know. This show sucks, right? 100%. This show sucks. It's the first one, yeah, it's yeah, gonna yeah. Get don't better. listen to it. Hey, you know what, folks? Don't tell anybody <laughs> about it, okay. Don't comment, because if you say all these things, you know, like in the video, hang on, camera's over here. I got to look at the camera now. Okay, we're going to do this in one cut. You ready? Yep, good job, man. All right, everybody, if you like the show, be sure to not tell anybody about it whatsoever, okay? Do not comment, do not like, do not subscribe, do not click the little stupid bell thing, like just forget the whole thing even happened. If you didn't like it, do the same thing, okay? <laughs> Don't leave comments. All right, we're not going to read them. Nope. Okay, but seriously, folks, uh, or really, you two guys, I appreciate you guys coming oh, by for sure, man. yeah, man, for sure. Thanks yeah. nice for having me. Uh Thanks for all the help getting this shit in here too. Oh, by yeah. the way, man, yeah it's no, well, definitely man. appreciated. This but, was
0: pretty fun, honestly. Uh, I was a little nervous coming in, but yeah, it's it pretty relaxed. I like it. Yeah, it, it wasn't bad at all. No, at all. It's easy, like man. It. Just it was chopping it up. Easy to just talk.
1: Just chopping it up, bro. Yeah. That's I it, agree. man. I'm excited to see what else we got going on here. You know, we're probably going to do this. I'm going to try to rotate everybody in the shop here, like yeah. maybe like once a year thing. Yeah. Like just get everybody, at least each person in here. Mm-hmm. I, gotta, I need y'all's help getting Brad in here. That's Brad's scared.
2: <laughs> oh, he's scared?
1: I think, I think Brad's scared. <laughs>
2: I figured Brad would be the one guy that if you can get him talking –
1: he will be going, but the maybe, numbers will be absolutely phenomenal. Yes, but
2: okay, I could see getting him to that point. Getting him, I to just got to
1: get him in the room. I can lock the door. I just got to get him in here.
2: We'll just stand outside. The that's door. it, man.
1: <laughs> exactly. Just,
2: just put a cylinder head, like lay a booby trap. Be like, Brad, I'm having an issue. Like this guy, it isn't blending right or anything. Can you come look at it? And as soon as he gets in, yeah, because
1: I'm the one that's in here, just going. <laughs>
2: Well, just say it was a customer, a customer yeah, just customer. dropped it off, set yeah. it in.
1: Yeah, hey, hey, Brad's customer said these heads leak. Like, Brad's gonna come here, <laughs> I did them
0: <laughs> uh, for all for the for all the gearheads. It's probably that would be probably the best episode, it'd be
1: phenomenal. There's mm-hmm. nobody that's gone to that in depth, uh, on, on cylinder heads. You know, there's there's a 40 years exactly, it's 40 years of, of effort, knowledge, experience, mm-hmm. and getting instant feedback from working at probably in my opinion two of the best independent um engine manufacturers Mm -hmm. in the country Mm -hmm. probably the world to be honest because they have both shipped stuff to qatar and australia and everywhere else so that that's you know just my one man's opinion however like it's the the folks if we ever get them on here you'll just have to hear it that's it Like i can't describe <laughs> no, sure. it i i don't have I words or a phrase that, that helps sum it up you because just, it's just special
2: you got to want to know the nitty-gritty like mm-hmm. you can't just be like oh this is a cylinder head it's got this valve in it like that's why I like listening to Brad, because he'll go in-depth. Right. I mean, he'll go in-depth for 20 minutes about something. On like, a detail. Yes, on one detail.
1: And then there's a story about how he got to that detail and why yep. he does it that way now. Mm-hmm. Because something else happened. There was a consequence. He did it a different way before, and it wasn't as good. Yep. And like that's it. Brad is so objective when it comes to the mm-hmm. stuff. I love it. He's, he's, not, he's, not, he's not tied to anything in particular. He's tied to what works. Mm-hmm. And as long as things work, Brad's okay with it. If it's a different project and we try to do something and it's not exactly the results that we're looking for, he'll just be like, okay, well, let's make a change. It's not like, oh, it's not this one dimension. Like, you know, some people are tied to throat dimensions or taper or whatever it is. Brad's like, well, if that ain't the number or the result that we're looking for, let's make an adjustment. Mm-hmm. Let's see what we got to do mm-hmm. and then record that. I don't know how he remembers all this shit because it blows my mind, but hopefully we get him on here. Mm -hmm. No promises. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to see if I can con Jesse, because I want to get Jesse and Brad in here at the same time. That would be a good one. That would be a good one. Oh, y'all miss the days when I used to get Brad in Jesse's office and just let them tee off on each other in political conversations. It was the most free entertainment in the world. It was the best. I loved it, and I miss it. But all right, guys, it's like 630. Let's get the hell out of here. Do it. Thanks for listening, folks. We don't know why you did.
0: Adios. Take it easy.